Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Allison Bramlett, and if this is your first time, I'm so glad you're tuning in. And if you've listened in the past, thanks for joining me again. Please share and subscribe because we are better together. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about purpose, faith, family, our friends, our future, and how we have a great God purpose. Jeremiah 29 11 says that God has plans for us, plans to give us a hope and a future. He has direction for our life, but I believe there's some things that'll try to block our purpose. Maybe you've dealt with some of these. For me, I've dealt with all of them. My past, pain that I've had, my pride, other people, and even my pettiness has tried to stop the purpose in my life. But one thing I know is I believe that change is a word I want to get away from because one thing when you change, you can always change back. I want to be transformed. Romans 12 talks about how we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind and the way to have a God purpose in our life and to get over the past, the pain, the pride, the people and the pettiness is we have to think about what we're thinking. We have to take our thoughts captive and put it up against the Word of God. So today I'm going to talk about the power of transformation. You know our biggest breakthroughs normally follow our biggest battles and I believe in having um, breakthroughs and not breakdowns. I've had a few breakdowns but thank goodness I've had enough people around me and then I've had enough word and I've focused on the things of God that I've been able to break through. I always say that what some people see as a setback is just a setup for an amazing comeback with God. Well when we were talking about the purpose and the pain and the pride, the people, the pettiness, the past, I believe that we can be three different things. We can either be a victim, we can be a volunteer, or we can be a victor. You know, for a victim, we always blame everyone else for what's going on in our lives. And for a volunteer, it's kind of like one of those things, I know what's going to happen, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know, it's like the two-year-old that goes ahead and touches everything, knocks it off the counter. They're thinking, time out was worth this. That's the volunteer moment. But a victor, I believe, is what God's created for us to be because we have been made victorious through the blood of Jesus Christ. That means that God works all things to our good. Even those hurts, even those messes, those broken places, when we give them to Daddy God, He uses them and makes a great purpose out of it. That's crazy to even believe, but it makes us victorious. But I do know that it's a choice that I have to choose to dream big. I have to choose to not be stopped. I have to choose to not quit. You know, I believe that our past so many times tries to dictate our future, but it's true we have to jerk the rearview mirror off. And we all have problems and issues. Currently, you know, I believe we're coming out of one and always going into another one. But if you're waiting on the right time to do big things, it's never going to happen. That perfect moment does not really come. I believe we have to create perfect moments, and the way we create them is by not stopping. You know, we have to choose to live big. It says in the Word that a person without vision perishes. And when you're not pursuing a goal, it seems that we are stuck on the hamster wheel of life. What I'm telling you today is dream again. Ask yourself, what do I really believe God's called me to do? What's that little dream? What's something that I've hoped for? Let that faith muscle begin to work again. Stretch and reach for something outside your comfort zone. Stop 
growing and leading um, with your emotions. And go ahead and grow and lead by faith. Let love get big in you. See, our current problems make us um, find out our talents. I believe that it's in the pressure that we really find out who we are. It's what we do in the messes that make a difference. You know, Dale Carnegie says, Most of the important things in the world have been accomplished by people who have kept on trying when there seemed to be no hope. You know, you think about the light bulb and different things like that. Hey, when they first started, it didn't go quite like they wanted it to. But they don't quit. Do you quit? Do you stop? Do you become a victim? Do you become a volunteer? See, a victim's going to blame someone else for why they're not in the game of life. A volunteer is going to go ahead and just bench themselves and go to the sidelines. But when you're a victor, you decide to stay in the game. And the way we win is by not quitting. It's by continuing to play. So here's what I want you to know. Everyone's been disappointed. Don't let your disappointment stop you. I personally have had a miracle marriage, a miracle life, and I have had many times where I felt depression, and I was hurt, and I thought, I can't get out of the bed today, and I don't want anyone to see me, and how can I even go forward? And I wanted you to know that I would have to get and take my thoughts captive. I would have to think about what I was thinking, and I would have to change what I was saying about myself. I would have to say, I am capable. I have been created for greatness. And I would begin to call myself what God called me. And that's not always easy. And let me just say, I never felt like it. So if you think your feelings are going to come for that, no, you have to go ahead and do it. And then it's like our feelings follow. Because, you know, life tries to put us out of the game or bench us. But we can choose to be transformed and have lives led by love. And I just want you to know one of the key components to that is endurance. It's staying the course. So don't talk yourself out of greatness, but talk yourself into victory. Your thoughts form your words, which form your actions, which form your behavior, and that forms your destiny and your character. Man, what we're thinking about really does matter. And we have to choose to speak life over ourselves and over others. We have to choose to have hope. See, don't wait on others to make opportunities happen for you or for others to love first or forgive first. You go ahead and I say, be aggressive in love. Remember, you are phenomenal and you can do phenomenal things. It is a sacrifice of self to make your dreams come true. And love is the greatest sacrifice, but it's also what never fails. And if you read that in 1 Corinthians 13, you understand it's what empowers you. God is love. I live by two things, love God and love people. That means I've got to learn to love myself and I've got to love everyone else. What a challenge that is today. We can say that, but boy, do we live it. That's the question. I want you to know that the hyphen between the years, like even on our graves and tombstones, they stand for our greatness. They stand for our greatness in love, forgiveness, compassion, mercy, and hope. And I want my hyphen, that little bitty mark in time, to say that I went ahead and dreamed big and did not quit, even when I felt life was closing in on me. You know, I sometimes think about a submarine or an airplane 
The reason they can function so well is because there is more pressure from the inside than there is on the outside. That's where I know that greater is He, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, living on the inside of me than anything that's coming against me. And I have to remind myself of that on a daily basis. See, greatness, I believe, is lots of small things done well. I remember being a stay-at-home mom and thinking, I didn't get dinner cooked today, laundry's everywhere. I did play with my kids, but I, I felt like sometimes I didn't look like I had accomplished anything or taking classes and going to school or working on things and doing jobs and my husband and I owning businesses, but really feeling like I was not accomplishing anything. And now, as I look back as a wife, a mother, and a grandmother, I realize that those small things, those moments were great things that I was doing because relationships are the greatest investments that we have. And we get so confused that we begin to think that other things really matter. But I now know today that um, playing ball outside with my children, going swimming, reading a book, just taking a moment to hold their hand, those are great things that happen. Or actually just smiling at someone and really asking someone, how are you today? And meaning it and not just... um, Hearing them, but listening to them, absorbing, listening to their heart, having heart-to-heart conversations. See, you matter, and you're an atmosphere changer. One thing I love that my dad has always said, he says, babe, be a thermostat, not a thermometer. Thermostats set the atmosphere. Thermometers just react to the atmosphere. I want to set the atmosphere. And even though pain is a part of the process, I don't want pain to be what sets my atmosphere. I choose to let it be a pusher to the next level and not a punisher. Many times pain punishes and paralyzes us, but I believe it can push you to greatness. And we have a choice to either stop or go on. We have the choice to control our attitudes. My husband has always said that there's only one thing that we can control, and that's our attitude. You can't control the situations. You can't control everything that's going on around you, but you can control what you let get in you and what you let come out of you. So I want to tell you, keep fighting the good fight of faith. It's time to say yes to your dreams, to your future, and yes to being a victor. No matter what choices you make, there is always someone that's going to tell you it was wrong. There's always difficulties arising. There's going to be things that tempt you. There's going to be doubters and naysayers. And I always say, guess what? I'm going to put my critics, I'm going to put them out in the, the, the high seats far away from me. They're not going to have front row in my life. They can watch from a distance. I want those people, those iron friends that cheer me on, that when I maybe do wrong things and make mistakes, that they don't give up on me, but they see the best in me. And they're like, okay, keep going. We're here for you. That's not really who you are. Um, We're here to hold your arms up and help you. See, I don't believe that we lose. I believe we learn and we win, but we don't lose, which is an amazing thing. And you have to realize that today. And I believe when you have that mindset, that means you're moving out of the victim, out of the volunteer, and you're becoming victorious. And you're leaving a legacy, a legacy of victory, a legacy of love. It's amazing how when we invest in love and relationships, that the effects that we have on other people, the currency of love that we give, it is the most valuable gift that we can have, and the returns on that are amazing. When we connect with others, it is our opportunity to lead them with love. If it's just even a momentary connection or a lifelong connection, make sure that when you connect, that you're genuine in it, that it's heartfelt, 
that you're willing to give mercy, that you're willing to give forgiveness, that you're willing to give love, and you're willing to hear and to listen and have that heart-to-heart moment, that you're willing to get over yourself and actually really care about someone else. And I believe that we can't let our emotions and others dictate our destinies, that we have to go ahead and look for that future, that we have to go ahead and dream those big dreams, that successful people don't stop, they just keep pressing on. And they make mistakes, they just choose not to quit. How many of you have made mistakes today? How many of you, maybe lately, have felt like you wanted to really quit? I want to encourage you to keep pressing. One of my favorite chapters in the Bible is Psalms 23. It's my mom's favorite chapter, and maybe you've heard it. A lot of people use it at funerals, and I think that's great because it does bring comfort because that's what the Word of God does. The Holy Spirit, He's a comforter, and He does that for us. But in my life, I've used it as um, the table talk. It's a a whole breakdown to me of what we can live by. It's a way to be victorious. You know, in our home, Southern Homes, and um, obviously if you're listening and you're thinking, where is she from? If you've listened at all, you've heard this accent, I'm from the South. I don't like to actually hear myself on an answering machine because I don't realize how um, strong of an accent I have until I replay it. And I'm like, no, that's not really my voice. No, it is. But in Southern Homes and where I grew up, We eat together. We break bread. It is our community. It's what you plan stuff around. Fried chicken, fried okra, um, caramel cakes. It's how we have fellowship. And I believe that we have these big tables. And so when I read Psalms 23, it's about table talk to me. It's about a dinner that Daddy God wants to have with me. I just think about my Grandma Lila cooking and my Grandma Pope, her biscuits. Man, they were so big, she'd put her three fingers on the top of it and um, used to let us help make them. But the memories and the moments that we shared, but she was always preparing something for us. Do you know we're always preparing something, whether we know it or not? But in this thing of Psalms 23, the Lord's talking about how he's got a table set before us. He's got a seat saved. Did you know that God has a seat for you even in the presence of your enemies, that God has set a table for you. See, throughout the entire Bible, we see situations that people seem like they should um, not be in, that they shouldn't even have faith for it. they impossible. Those things that I was talking to you about, those things that try to stop you from your purpose. Think about Noah and the ark, Daniel and the lion's den, David and Goliath in 1 Samuel 17. You know, but Daniel in the middle of his dilemma is saying, God, I believe. I'm going to praise you no matter what. You know that he doesn't let the cave get in him. You see Noah, he's never seen rain. He still builds an ark. There's all these things that are going on. And you see David go ahead and face Goliath, who he never calls a giant. He actually says, I'm going to take you down. I'm going to use your own sword and cut your head off. He began to decide that he wasn't going to be a victim. He wasn't going to be a volunteer, but they all chose to be victorious. Why? Because they decided to live by faith. How do we get that I will faith, I will table talk? Well, Psalms 23, 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, real danger and hurt, I will fear no evil. Man, that's amazing to me. Even though I walk through hard seasons and times, I will not be afraid. Why? Because God is with us. See, today, I want you to realize that Daddy God is with you. This situation, maybe it's bad news. 
and you don't know what's going on around you, I want you to know that God is with you. And in the challenges that you are in, that he doesn't just say, I want to help you. He says, I want to go with you. It changes the focus from, oh, God, help me, to, hey, what you got planned. See, I'm asking the Lord, Lord, what have you got planned? How are you going to use this to help with my purpose, to help with my future? I get comfort knowing that his staff guides me and that his rod will protect me. And one thing I want you to know in this Psalms 23, there's nothing great about sheep, nothing really to brag about. So that means there's nothing I can really brag about about myself, but boy, I can sure talk about my good shepherd who takes such good care of me. And he loves us. He leaves the 99 to go after the one. Today, this podcast may be just for you. If it's just for you today, it's worth me being here. Because I want you to know you matter. And you have purpose. And that God loves you and he's not mad at you. See, Father God lets us know he wants to be with us and lead us. He said, I've got green pastures, and he's going to make us lie down in them. I want to lead you by quiet waters. I want to restore you and guide you. I want to be your comfort. See, sometimes I've let comfort foods and drinks or people or places or things try to help be my comfort, but only he can satisfy. And he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Well, In my personality, that's not really what I would think was a great idea. I'd be like, Lord, I don't want them sitting around. But I have to begin to look at bigger things. I believe that today we are really seeing and deciding to surrender to God's leadership and deciding to not question our surroundings, not question the circumstances, not question the pain, the past, (laughs) the things that we talked about earlier, but go ahead and say, okay, God, you're with me. Where are we going to go? What do you have planned? So while I'm surrounded, Father God is going to sit with me and we're going to enjoy dinner together. And it's a table for two. He wants a private, intimate table time with you. He wants one with me. See, in this desert time, this table was a big deal. It shows that in the middle of the green pastures and the still waters, it's surprising that they're in a desert time. I mean, David's in a desert in a moment that seems painful, and God's showing him, I've got purpose for you. And Father, God is the most amazing hostess. He shows blessing and not lack. He is generous in his giving. See, today you may be surrounded by sickness, death, divorce, pain, a relationship collapse, financial pressures, family pressures, maybe an internal struggle, an addiction, rumors, abandonment, rejection, insecurity. But I want you to know that there's someone asking you for a private dinner that's saying, I've got a great plan for your life and I want to be in relationship with you. See, God doesn't excuse himself from a difficult room or environment. He gets comfortable and enjoys the meal anyway. Not only does he enjoy it, he asks for you to sit down and he begins to serve you. He begins to refresh you. He begins to nourish you. He begins to give you strength. We begin to have that Galatians 5 fruit of the spirit moment. We begin to have that 1 Corinthians 13 type love. Now, there's going to be casual, small interruptions that break up your intimate dinner with the Lord. And you're going to have to stop letting the little petty things stop the purpose. See, the enemy tries to take a seat at our table. He'll come in with criticism. See, I believe criticism is the currency to keep us from enjoying the table of God. 
someone's going to tell you, hey, there's a better table over there, a better seat. The enemy always starts talking and interrupts our dinner with God. John 10.10 says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus comes to give life and abundant life. At that table, there's abundant life for you. When the enemy first comes to your table, most of the time he looks like what you've been looking for. Dressed right, talking smooth, tickling your emotional ear, telling you what you want to hear about your relationships, your jobs, etc. But it's all to pull you away from the purpose that God's really created for you. Do not be distracted by the enemy today. The enemy doesn't come to the table and say, I'm going to steal and kill and destroy you. No, he seduces us. And he seduces us with lies of the enemy. He will tell you that the grass is greener on the other side and that his pastures are better. But I want you to know that that's only because it's on a septic tank. And only God's pastures are greener. Only God's pastures are better. He will also tell you that you should be ashamed to sit at God's table, that you're not good enough. But the good shepherd, Jesus, says, I laid down my life for you. The reservation to sit at my table for you cost me everything is what the Lord would say. You are my favorite dinner date, and it was an expensive, costly dinner date. So today, say yes to that. Today, sitting at the table, are you gazing into his eyes, asking him, hey, can you pour me some of that water, which is the word? I want to drink from that water, the word, and nothing else. Are you on your phone distracted, looking at the enemy surrounding you? Are you just distracted and looking into yourself and not focusing on the purpose of what God's got for your life, the great things that he has planned? See, the good shepherd promises we are going to go through. Don't believe the lie of the enemy that you can't make it. Believe the word of God that this too shall pass. And that I said earlier that your breakdown is just going to be a breakthrough. And not only that, you're not going alone. It is true today you have enemies. Maybe, I know that I have, and someone may not like you. But don't get offended and believe that everyone is against you. Remember, love wins. Love is greater than hate. Remember that the Lord left the 99 just for you. You're that one. I'm that one. And so today, I want to encourage you. Get in the Word of God. Go to that intimate, private dinner with the Lord Decide, I don't want to be a victim. I don't want to be a volunteer. I want to be victorious. Say, Lord, I'm ready to eat what you're serving, drink the water of your word, and be refreshed by you. And I do know the best is yet to come. Remember, we're better together. And I'm looking forward to talking with you again soon. Thanks for staying with me today. And um, the best is yet to come.